Hello, everyone. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Hood Healing. We're back. Guess who's back? Back again. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are back. Lydia and Lydia, your two favorite Mexican ladies are here. <laughs> Una lesbiana. Una no lesbiana. Um, we are here to talk about romantic relationships and healing. And we are giving our families a rest from roasting their asses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we are here to... Um, just talk about healing and like how that's affecting our relationships. We're both married. Um, and we are, you know, we're both been with our partners for a long ass time and it's not easy. It's not. It ain't easy. Yeah, hell it is. <laughs> so, um, first of all, I just want to tell you, mm. I have, I watched on my lunch hour, I watched Love is Blind, the new season. Susie, I think Susie was watching it the last, maybe the last season. Oh, when it first came out. How many seasons did that? Well, we're in four now. Oh, I think she watched one. It's a long time ago. And girl, there's a lot of healing that needs to happen for some of these folks. What is it about? No tea, no shade, no lemonade. Well, they go into these pods and they like basically they get to know people you know, but they don't know what they look like. So it's like based on like personality interests and then they decide if they're going to get married. So then they kind of like, Wait, they don't see them. They're just going to marry them without seeing what they look like. Yeah. It's almost no. like married at first sight, but they get to know each other and then they kind of, so they get together, Yeah, you know, afterwards they decide if they're going to like get married or they're going to, they propose, they live together in the real world. Um, and then they decide if they're going to get married at the end of it. It's like an experiment, basically. Do you think a lot of the times they say never mind because of the way people look? Okay. Well, in the, the Brazilian, <laughs> because <laughs> no, people say looks don't matter, but they're full of shit. Looks matter a little bit. They do. They do. Don't if lie. we're going to be honest, if we're going to be honest. Okay. So the, so in the Brazilian one, yeah. there was a guy and he was like, you know, your tip stereotypical like guy, like, and the girl comes out and she's curvy. And he was just like, <laughs> he, he, it, it was like so shady. Like he was like, she's really not the type. She's too strong for me. Motherfucker. And I was like, bitch, <laughs> you bet your ass. She's too strong for you. What about him? What do he look like? I mean, he was really good looking, and so it was kind of like, fuck. So was she was she good looking a little bit or no? She was pretty. Don't but lie. She she was cute. <laughs> she was really cute, but she was, a, you know, a curvy girl. I'll be the judge of that. Let me see her picture. Oh, I don't even know who it was. I just saw it on All TikTok, right. so I couldn't track back. Oh, if I, I'll I'll do some research for you, but okay. <laughs> Um, I'll let you guys know what I think on the next podcast. She was really in, like really falling for him too, That's and he was up. supposedly. And then he saw her and was like, "Ugh." It was it was really obvious when he saw her. And so, anyways, 
<clears throat> but the, there's one girl. Um, her name is Amber. She's she's really cute. She's nice. Okay. Girl, she's been married two times already, and she's probably not even 30 years old. Hey, there's nothing wrong with being married two times. <laughs> <laughs> there's not there's not sorry that that was super judgy but i'm like why are you coming on this show yeah to get married again it's like what? you know take some time heal yourself so you know who what healthy behaviors are and what a healthy partner looks like and what, what happened with them oh it's just started i'm barely on the first episode oh, shit. but some of these people they're like already telling their childhood trauma i'm like they need to have a therapist on staff. Listen to Hood Alien, please. <laughs> <laughs> please listen to our podcast because we really want to help you get the best partner that please you can. Please go buy this book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, drama-free boundaries, yeah. all that, sh- all the shit. So, um, well, first of all, I know th- that there's a lot of folks that know us and know that we're both married, but yeah. maybe we should ta- talk a little bit about like, you know, our partners, like how we met, how long we've been together, just like the basics. Okay, you go first. You go first. All right. Uh, I met Susie in high school. She was a bully to me, though. <laughs> she really was. She was a jerk. She was a jerk. Um, but I didn't have anything, like I didn't have no feelings or anything like that for her. Although a lot of her friends said that she did because I would go to Mexico <laughs> Uh, and I would bring back gifts, and she always had the best gift. But it was mm-hmm. <laughs> nothing to do with that. Um, She's all, girl, I bought you some antibiotics <laughs> at, the, at the pharmacy in TJ. I put them in the little virgen. That breaks in those little um, <laughs> piggy banks. Um, so I met her in high school, and then we didn't get close till I think, after I met Maribel. So it was Maribel... Uh, Weta, Liz, Susie, Chewy, um, and I don't know who else. Uh, I think that was just it, uh, us, our little group. And then um, after high school, I we started working at Disneyland, and that's where the magic happened. Yeah. <laughs> after work. <laughs> Sleeping Beauty's Castle. Yeah. <clears throat> so... But we've been like, um, right after, so we started hooking up, we were on and off. We were pretty, we were pretty bad. We we weren't perfect, you know? Um, so we were pretty bad for, for a while. And then we got, we broke up, got back together. It was back and forth, back and forth. And then finally we've been good for about 11 years. Yeah. Which is the love of my life for sure. Yeah. You know, and you got married. Yes, we got married, and we have two doggies, Mr. Sullivan and Sophia, and we're in the process of trying to have a baby. And they eloped. They're like texting us. We're getting married. We're getting married today. Eloping is is the best way to go. Honest to God, it's the best way to go. But you're gonna piss off a lot of people for sure. Yeah. So that's something we have in common anyhow. Yeah. But so I, Frank and I have been married for 20, it'll be 22 years in August. Dang. And we dated for about eight months and then we eloped. You said, fuck everybody, we're done. It, we're well, kind of. Um, so, but we, so... <laughs> 
No. We have kind of a, it's not scandalous, but I guess kind of scandalous story. We met because his ex-girlfriend's sister worked with me, invited me to a party at her house with the intention of setting him up with our other co-worker, not me. Mm. But after the party, and I was just like, and he also made out with someone in the bathroom at this party that was That's not that was not his ex-girlfriend and that was not me. It was someone else's sister. <laughs> Damn, Frank. And he tried to freak me at the party. I was like, uh, I'm good. Thank you so much, though. Have a good life. You said swerve. I said swerve. Er. And um, so the next Monday at work, my coworker was like, hey, you know, Frank thought you were really cute. And I was like, you know, he's really not my type because he, he was really, a cholo. He was a little cholito. And I was just not dating that type of, of dude. And then I went to get my hair done and like a few weeks later, <clears throat> and my coworker was like, Hey, come over afterwards. You're going to be right down the street from my house. Like we'll have dinner at my house and just hang out. And I was like, okay, that sounds good. And then boom, Frank was in. I walked in the house and there's Frank chilling on the couch. I'm like, okay, what the fuck is going on here? Like this is a setup. <laughs> and we just all were hanging out and chilling until two o'clock in the morning. And mind you, it was a work evening. It was like a Thursday. And you fell in love. Not quite. All right. (laughs) (laughs) So, no, but but he gave me his number and he's like, yeah, you know, I I would love to go out, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, whatever. He called me. He called me that next week. And unfortunately, one of my cousins had passed away. So I was not even home for the whole weekend. Um, So I didn't call him back till like a few days later. And... It was like a Sunday and he's like, Hey, you know, what are you doing? Do you want to hang out? I'm like, yeah, well, I just got back, you know, from out of town. If you want to come over, you can come over. I said, but if you're not here by nine o'clock, you're not getting into my apartment. I lived like in a gated, yeah. you know, building. I'm like, cause sex in the city is on and you're gonna have to wait a half an hour if you come late. And he y'all comes, had your own little party. He comes at nine o'clock. <laughs> I was in sweatpants. All right. He came with like full on, like, <laughs> <laughs> like a button-up shirt and everything. And I'm like, okay. He showed up with a bottle of wine. Yeah, Frankie. Some he ice knew what cream, he was doing. Some Ben and Jerry's ice cream and cat treats because he knew I had a cat. What the? <laughs> he brought cat treats. All right. I was like, okay. And my roommate, who was actually in Europe at the time, she was like on a vacation with her family. So it was just you and Frank. Yeah. So, you know, we we just kissed y'all's. We just kissed. Mm-hmm. I didn't hoe it down right away. Mm-hmm. But um, but then we just started like hanging out here and there. And and I think, you know, we had very, we came from very different backgrounds. You know, like he came from a traditional family, like where it was like <clears throat> a lot of his interactions, like his friendships um, and what he did were with his cousins. That's the same with me. Yeah. And like for me, you know, I came from where my dad was in the military. My dad was in the army. We lived away from our family. I didn't grow up with my cousins. It was just me and my sisters and my parents. So we really had to figure out like, how do you, like we had to really make friends, you know? Yeah. So that's always been something that my sisters and I, like we are 
we've always been, that's been easy for us. And so the other thing is we've also had so many different kinds of experiences like traveling, like, you know, just trying new foods and things like that. And so I feel like that was something in the beginning of our relationship that was so like fun to do was, Hey, the fact that I took him on a plane to go to Seattle. <laughs> he was He's like, never been on a plane before that. That was his second time. He had oh, went okay. on a plane to go to a conference that was in Northern, I think in Northern, like San Francisco area, but <clears throat> he had never been to Seattle. And that was like <laughs> culture shock. He's like, mm-hmm. it's so clean here. It's obviously like, not like that anymore, but you know, like just taking him to the out of state. He had never been to Las Vegas. What the and hell? that man was almost 30. I was like, what the hell yeah. have you been doing it with your life, bro? Like seriously. Chilling with his cousins, girl. <laughs> well, he was he was locked down. Yeah. So we mm. um, you know, now I think that's like a big part of you know, just like our relationship is like pushing him to try new things and do new things, things that are out of his comfort zone, because I'm the kind of person that's like, how can we take this to the next level? Yeah. Like, how can we get better? How can we do better? How it's not even about material stuff. It's just a go-getter. You're a go-getter. I'm a fucking hustler. That's Susie right there. too. Okay. I ain't waiting for shit. I'm like, which is actually a trauma. I think, I think Frank and me are a lot. We have a lot in common. <clears throat> we're more like lay back or chill. Even when it comes to arguments, like, you know, I'll <laughs> talk to him about what I'm going through. He'll talk to me about what he, he's going through. And I think we're both the same, you know, and I think you and Susie are the grumpy ones. <laughs> we are not grumpy. We don't take <laughs> no shit from no one. That's, well, I think that's what it is, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but that's cool. So you got like, I'm assuming you're the one that got him to try like sushi and like all that other stuff. Which was a mistake. Because <laughs> he wants sushi all the time. That man's like, let's go get sushi. I'm like, bro, you order like $50 worth of sushi just for yourself. Okay. <laughs> we cannot. I'm like, dude, we can't. Yeah. Or I, I also introduced him to filet mignon. Oh, I know. That That's why that motherfucker was out Taco Los Cholos ordering a filet mignon taco. If you guys have not had the uh, Taco Los Cholos, it's a must, guys. Uh, the Papa Loca, you have to get it out of water. Oh my god! With chipotle sauce. Well, it's it's we Fire. had that for Fire. dinner last night, and it was it was so delicious. Yeah, but um, sponsor us, Tacos <laughs> Cholos. <laughs> I know. I wish because yeah. their food is still so good. Imagine next time we come on here, we be like, <laughs> <laughs> and that's all right. It is. It is. <laughs> but um, yeah. I mean, I think when you have a good partner. They try to elevate you. Like, let's let's want more for ourselves. Yeah. And I think that healing is part of the elevation. Yeah, I had what Susie did with me. Like, I was not picky because Lita would cook all types of food. My mom would cook all types of food, but there were certain things that I could not eat, like barbecue sauce. Like ter- <laughs> teriyaki. Uh, all I would get when we would go get Chinese food was uh, ra- uh, chamein, and I think it was chicken with with sauce, and that was it. And Susie would get uh, sesame chicken and uh, barbecue chicken, and I would be like, "That's freaking gross! Like you're gross." And she's like, "Have you ever had it before?" Nope. Tried it. 
that's what I get now. Um, onions. I never ate onions. Susie got me into onions. Funny story. We're having dinner at my grandma's house. <laughs> and um, Lita's making, I think we're going to eat tacos. So Lita's making the tacos, uh, like the Sarianas tacos. So she's making them. And then um, Susie's helping in the kitchen. I'm in the living room. And then my mom's there too. And uh, Lita goes, Chubby's wants four. So obviously Lita knows how many tacos I want. All right. So uh, Susie's serving them. And then uh, my mom's putting no my my mom's putting them on the plate, and then she's serving whatever it is that you put in your tacos. And uh, Susie's telling my mom like, "Oh, uh, onions too." And my mom's like, "She doesn't like onions." And Susie's like, "Yeah, she does." And she's like, "I uh, I know my daughter, and she doesn't like onions." Susie's like, "Lydia," and I turn around and I'm like, "Yeah." She's like, "Onions or no onions." I said, onions, please. The look on Susie's face was like, yeah, uh-huh, onions, onions. And my mom's like, since when the fuck do you like onions? Well, by the looks of it, you freaking took half of the onions at the salsa bar at Tacos Los Cholos now. So we know Susie you're, loves onions. So now I'm, you're over that, right? Yeah, Susie loves onions. I mean, and that's the thing, like when we have partners that are like, okay, you know, let's try this, like, just try it or encouraging you to like, you know, do, do more. It just opens up your world, especially because we all have, like, we all come into relationship with our own different experiences. And I think that, um, you know, one thing that we did recently was do the love language test. Oh, uh, we did that too. (laughs) And, you know, it's like everyone makes fun of it and stuff. But honestly, I was like, okay, this actually makes sense to me. I am an acts of service. Like the fact that, you know, he does certain things for me that like, if he were to be like, oh, I'll go take, you know, our kid to school and let me sleep in, like, I love that. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, and he'll text me like, oh, I love you so much. I, you know, I'm so proud of you, blah, blah, blah. You know, have a wonderful day. And I'm just <laughs> like, <me> too. <laughs> I'm literally like, okay, with a little heart, you know. That's not nice. But, <laughs> but I have been trying to be more like, you're, you know, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of all the work you're doing to, to, you know, um, get yourself into a healthy and joyous place. Um, because I think that like, that's, that's important. Like for him, it's love language and physical affection. So I'm like, damn it. I, I have to give it up more. (laughs) Susie too. (laughs) Um, but you know, but I think that just meeting in the middle when it comes to stuff like that is so important. Yeah. And, The other thing is like the healing part is, is just like, it can really change your relationship. Yeah. The support that you guys give, you know what I mean? Um, I know Susie has been very supportive with all this, uh, this whole podcast and, um, you know, reading the book with me, like we lay there and we read the book together. Uh, she questions me about certain parts of the book, you know, make sure you're taking notes, um, make sure that you're, you know, telling these people how you really feel, like what your thoughts are, you know, don't hold back, you know, you're not doing anything wrong, you know? And I think on one of the podcasts that we we had recorded, the one that you cried on, 
<laughs> one of the first ones. <laughs> yeah. Um, after we were done recording, I on the way back home, she was like, you weren't yourself. Like, you weren't yourself. Like, what is the point of you going on here and talking if you're not going to be honest with yourself and with these people that are watching you guys, you know? So I remember I had texted you that night and I said, I, I was holding back. I was too scared of what others would think or feel. And, you know, to be honest, it's not about them. It's about me. You know what I mean? um, And after that, like, I'm a lot better with this. You know what I mean? Um, I, I don't throw names out there, but I sure as hell let you know how you made me feel. You know what I mean? And how I'm doing better. So, yeah. And I think, you know, part of, part of what, what we do when we heal in relationship with our, our significant other, our, um, our partner, like if we're both doing this work, if we're both doing it in, in the relationship you create with each other, but also individually, like yeah. you're changing the narrative for your family. Yeah. Um, and you know, growing up, I really saw this dynamic between my parents where, you know, I think my mom was definitely in a domestic violence relationship. Yeah. I did domestic violence training for work recently, like about two years ago. And I was like sitting there uh, trying not to cry. Cause I was like, Holy shit. And my dad never physically hurt her, but emotionally, like he was always just going off. Like yeah. it was like, everyone was so scared of him. And, and he still, he still can, can go there sometimes, like just get mad about random shit. And I'm just like, you cannot do this here in my house because we don't act like this anymore. Yeah. Um, which I think he gets embarrassed about. And, and, you know, my, my sister whose house he goes to, to she'll just start yelling at him. But I'm like, you know, I don't want to have like my partner and my child feel the same thing. And I felt like that was stuff that I would do. Like I would get pissed off and just start going off. Like I'd be like, what the fuck, you know? And every so often, yes, it still happens. (laughs) But I think therapy has really helped me process that. Like that's not a healthy behavior. When you're in conflict with someone, you can't just start yelling at them because it can trigger, you know? So I, I just was like, I want to have a part, a true partnership where, you know, we're both sharing the responsibilities of raising a child. We're both sharing the responsibilities of the home. Yeah. However, people want to do that. That's up to them. But when you have someone who's doing everything, it's a lot on that person. It's not fair either. It's not fair for sure. It's, you know, it's like you're a team. You got to work as a team, you know, we just, there was it the other day we were cooking together. Um, uh, we were cooking our, our, our lunch for work. We were meal prepping for two days, right? Uh, she was washing the dishes. I was cooking. And then she got on the other side and she started making veggies with cauliflower rice. And so we we're together, like cooking together, talking, and then, you know, put the food in the, in the little containers. And then when we, well, obviously, when we're at work, I text her. I'm like, bro, this, this not bro. I didn't say bro. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't say bro. Um, I text her and I told her lunch is bomb because I take lunch before her. And she said the same thing. She was like, it was amazing, you know, and like we were both 
working together. She was washing dishes. I was cooking, you know, like we put the dishes away together. You know, I'm not going to lie. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say that I've always been like the one helping her out, you know, with things because it, I wasn't like that. Why? Because I always had Lita do everything for me. You know what I'm saying? Like Lita would, you know, wash my clothes. Yes, she would wash my clothes. But I mean, at towards the end, like I started doing my own stuff, but you know, like, um, I helped Susie separate the clothes. Like we set the, the clothes together. We, she, either she washes one folds, uh, one does the kitchen, one does the living room. You know what I mean? It's you're a team. You know what I mean? And it's sad because I see people, um, doing everything for their significant other. And, you know, you're not an octopus. You don't have a thousand, like you don't have a shit little arms. You know what I'm saying? Like you should put your foot down and say, Hey, we're a team. We should be doing this together. You know what I mean? Um, and once again, I ain't throwing shade at no one. If the shoe fits, wear it. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, like you're a team. Work together. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And there'd be some dusty, musty man who think, well, I'll bring a check home. I don't yeah. got to do shit else. I don't got to help you yep. take care. It is 2023. And yeah. if your man's is still that way, you need to kick him to the damn curb. Yep. I think I think the other thing is like, especially in our culture, you know, there's this idea that like women have to fucking do it all. And it's like, motherfucker, yeah. wash your own chonies. Like, I ain't about that life. Yeah, and sure. a lot of <clears throat> I think then there's this narrative of, well, if you don't do everything for your man and you your children, them. you don't love them. Yeah. But what, what we end up doing is we create this dynamic where that's why there's so many fucking ladies in therapy on antidepressants who yeah. are in these toxic marriage. Like I'm not shitting on traditional like marriage and, you know, gender roles. Cause for some folks, like that's fine. That's what you want to do. And God bless the stay at home moms because I could not do that shit, you yeah. know, cause it's a lot of work. But if your partner is not respecting how much work you're putting into doing that like yeah. there's a lot of there's still a lot of men who are like oh well i have the money i make the money i control the money meanwhile their wives are over here busting their ass taking kids to school making all the food for the whole day for everybody and they're still washing the dishes and still cleaning the stove like they're cleaning the whole damn break, house dude. keeping your house looking nice ironing your damn shirts yep. and <clears throat> you know, they're still being disrespectful and it's like, that's not okay. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's like another aspect of marriage. Like if you haven't grown up where you've seen people respect each other, it's like, how then do you learn that? I think I learned um, putting Susie on a, you know, like up here because of Lito. You know what I'm saying? My pops did too. You know, my, my dad has always, you know, given my mom everything she's wanted, she needed. But my Lito and my Lita are who I started becoming an adult with. You know what I'm saying? And Lito would, he, Lita was his world. Like he would, Lita would get up and her coffee was ready and her cookies were ready. Uh, when she was working, her juice was ready. When she got up, her lunch was packed. All Lita had to do was yell at us to get in the damn car so she can take us to school and we were off. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, that was when Lita retired because when he was working, <clears throat> of course, Lita would get up and make his lunch and stuff like that. But 
even the dishes, like you would, you would see Lito, this big man, big macho man doing dishes. He would help her do dishes while she, she would cook. And then after we, we would have our dinner and then he would pick up the plates and you would see him washing dishes. Well, I think your Lito is definitely like a rare breed for his generation because I mean, I, I, I also like my grandfather was that way too. Like he worked in construction and my mom used to say like when he didn't, you know, like when it rained, obviously he wasn't working. He would, my grandma would go to work. She worked at Sears. She would go there and then he would make breakfast for the kids. He would make things, you know, make food. Like that was his love language. I, I just remember. Uh, um, oh, I miss him. He, he's like, you know, <laughs> this is his alcoholic years, but I just remember he would kind of, <laughs> this is, this is not a healthy behavior, but it is a nice memory. He, uh, would get drunk and like lay, lay, like sit, sit against the couch and just let us like crawl all over him, jump on him. He would hug us and kiss us. Like he was, you know, it was so nice because he was just a loving, lo- like loving man. Yeah. But also, you know, <clears throat> I think men from, you know, I've seen some other men from that generation who, you know, will sit at the table and wait for their food. And, you know, which is like, if that's your dynamic in your relationship, then that's fine. That's, that's your, that's your thing. But I think the, the part that's hard is when that is not reciprocated in, in another way. Like, you know, um, there's some people that I, that I know that, you know, their fathers don't, haven't ever, like, I've never seen them give their mothers a birthday present, a present for Mother's Day. Like, yeah. I've never seen that. And it's like, you know, if you're not honoring your partner, and the work that they do, and that's both ways, right? Then the, there's no respect there. Yeah, that's something else that I picked up off Lito was um, making sure to cater to Susie on Valentine's Day, even though she just hates Valentine's Day. Uh, cater to her on her birthday, like uh, just bring her flowers on, on, you know, like just on a like a, uh, a Tuesday, you know what I'm saying? Or uh, that was Lito all the time. Uh, he would buy, he would go to Thrifty, now Rite Aid, and he would stand in the aisle where the, the cards are at, the greeting cards, and he would s- sit there and he would read a nice card. And then if you were with him, he would ask you to read it, ask you what you thought, and then that's what he would take. You know what I mean? Um, but also you want to lead by example, especially if you have kids, you know what I'm saying? Because your kids see everything you do. You yell at your significant other, your kid's going to freaking yell at your significant other. You know what I'm saying? Like you want your, you, especially if you have a son, you want your son to be the perfect man to his future wife. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, there's just, there's so many messages that men get about what being a man is. And many of the messages are so toxic, like that, that this idea of like dominating your partner, yeah. dominating women, um, being in charge. And it's like par- true partnership. Like I stand, I stand those men that can sit in their femininity and masculinity at the same time and be like, I'm going to be vulnerable with my partner. And it took a long time. It took therapy. It took killing for even Frank to be in that place. Yeah. And that's like part of the healing. And, and also part of the healing for us was just 
um, being able to identify that, you know, things we were doing, we were repeating from our families. Um, So we had to be mindful of that so that our child could see like, you know, this is what love, healthy love looks like. I think that when you have people that lack emotional maturity, they tend to be so focused on their own needs that they aren't able to like push past that and go, you know what, what does my partner need? The holistic psychologist who is like one of our one of our favorites was talking about like what mature love looks like. And I was like, Oh yeah, this is, these are like definitely things we're working on. Like we're continually working and it's like asking for what you want directly, like having that direct communication, you know, and saying like, you know, I don't like when you do this. Um, It's more helpful if you do like X, Y, Z. Cause I think so many people, trust me, I've literally been guilty of this expect you to read their minds yeah. like motherfucker i am not <laughs> psychic chloe over here cleo whatever her name was like i don't know what you want um it's accepting that your partner can't meet every need and i think that is important too because i know so many people that are like well my partner it's like we can't be everything to everyone um, but it's, you know, we have to just con- continually communicate, encourage a partner to do things that make them feel fulfilled, learning how to have difficult conversations, taking responsibility for how you react when you're upset, which mm. is I do that. trauma. I-, I mean, it's hard, right? Yeah. Because you're trying to, like, there's some things that when I'm upset, I'm like, I'm about to go ham. Yeah. But then I know like, I just need to be by myself so that I can process this and like really sort of communicate th- this to you in a healthier way. But when we get upset, our neurological systems like start firing like crazy. Yeah. I'm like, I'm about to pick up this table and throw it across <laughs> the, the room. Move, bitch. <laughs> Um, giving and taking space is needed, creating stability through doing what you'll say you'll do. That's important. Yeah. You know, and when you think about like, so I'm like, all of this takes emotional maturity, which we're all trying to do because unfortunately, the 70s and 80s did not teach our parents about fulfilling like emotional needs of children like we do now, right? We're like, how do you feel about that? You know? And the ironic thing is I found this old picture of myself. I think I was like four or five and I have a t-shirt that says kids have feelings too. What the heck? I was like, mom, obviously you didn't read this t-shirt. But emotionally immature people aren't able to self-reflect. They deflect or blame others as a coping mechanism. So for example, um, If you have a partner and you all have had some serious trauma um, and you're having difficulties in your relationship and you say you want to go to therapy as a way to do that, if you have a partner who tells you, you need therapy, I don't need therapy, that's the fucking biggest red flag. Yeah. Like, girl, Molly, you in danger, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Like, seriously. Yeah. I mean... 
you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink it. I know. <laughs> I know. And it, it's like, you don't want to leverage that and force your partner to go to therapy. But for some people, especially if they're in relationships where there's abuse occurring, emotional abuse or physical abuse, like, and that person wants to stay with you, like they really do need to go to and therapy. You know, I spoke, I was talking to someone uh, a while ago and, um, I was like, you know, if you're in an abusive relationship, like you need to speak up. Oh, they don't hit me. It doesn't, you don't have to get hit. You know what I'm saying? Girl, you don't got to get sucked in the face to, I mean, and even, even, you know, men and, you know, non-binary folks can be victims of domestic violence or emotional abuse where if your partner is saying things like, oh, you're a piece of shit or, you know, you, you make me mad or, well, that's not really what You fucking hoe. Hey. Yeah. I mean, when people are like trying to break you down because they don't feel good about themselves, like that's abusive. Or if they're trying to intimidate you, like you know, or doing things like really, really like mean stuff. You really, that, that fucking wears you down or gas. Okay. Cause a lot of people talk about gaslighting. I don't know how many times I've heard about it, but gaslighting isn't just like, Oh, you're, you know, you're, you're lying about, or I'm, you know, that's not true. It's actually trying to recreate, like denying your whole reality. So for example, like, let's say that somebody found, you know, text messages from their partner's coworker that was like flirty. And you're like, what's going on here? There's, this is inappropriate. And they're like, you're just, you're just crazy. You're making this up. This is nothing. Turn the tables around. See if you like that. That's gaslighting or like somebody who, you know, so it's used a lot by people who are, are abusers, unfortunately, but also, you know, it could, it could be a behavior that you've experienced from your parents saying like, you know, especially when you talk about some of the things that have happened, that they might say things like, well, you know, your childhood was fine. Nothing happened. No pasa nada. Yeah. Like, bitch, no, yeah, okay. something pasó. Okay. So um, definitely, I think for the people that are in those situations, you know, it's like find someone that you trust that can help you get support and get connected. Um, because that's not healthy. I think people think that it's like, you know, these situations you see in movies, you know, like, the, like JLo's movie enough. Like they think <laughs> fucking good movie. that you have to be in like that extreme of a yeah. situation. And it's like, no, man, emotional um, abuse can really fucking eat at you and make you feel like shit. Words hurt. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't have to slap someone. I mean, like whatever you can call someone a bitch and they can be having a bad day and then that's it. You ruin their whole freaking like night day, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like I've heard it and I've seen it, you know, like people, they don't, they don't physically abuse these people. You know what I'm saying? But they verbally do, you know, like the words that they say, like if they hurt me and they're not even saying them to me, I can only imagine what they're feeling. You know what I'm saying? It sucks. It sucks to see it happen, you know, and you can't even step in and say, hey, like, chill, you know what I'm saying? Because it's none of your business. Well, I mean, in some regards, like, I think if people that like, it is hard because you just you don't want to be 
up in people's business. But if you see stuff that's harmful, well, yeah, that um, I mean, even words, it's like you can even, I mean, shit, I got no problem if so, like, what the fuck? That's so fucking rude. Like, I mean, you know, calling people out like it's not okay because I think sometimes, like, I hear people that our parents will say to their kids, like, you little fucking idiot. I'm like, what the hell? Who talks to their damn kids like that? Yeah. And they'll especially, I'm sorry, our people do it all the time. They're like, oh, tu, tu eres pendejo. Pinche pendeja. Like, yeah. Lloron. Like, cabrona, cabrona. Like, people who, who say that kind of stuff to their kids, it's like, please, please heal your trauma because that yeah. shit is not okay. And I know as a culture, we think that stuff is funny. That's why half of our asses are in fucking therapy. <laughs> That's why half of you pendejos are in therapy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, it's true because like shit, you know, it, the, the way that you talk to your kids and your partner, like you're creating this really unhealthy dynamic of disrespect. Yeah. You know, and like even, like, even when Frank and I argue, we never call each other names. Like, that's one of the rules that we had. One time he got really mad. He said, you're acting like a bitch. And I said, you called me a bitch. I'll show you. <laughs> no, like us too. You know, like yeah. I said, we haven't always had the relationship that we have now. We're so much better, though. Like, I can honestly say we're so much better, like. I love this woman so much, but like when we had first got back together, if we were arguing, it was bad. Like we would like cuss each other out, like F you, F this, like you F in that, you know what I'm saying? And it's like now I sit back and I think about it and I'm like, what, what the hell are we thinking talking to each other like that? You know, like where was the respect? But it's like we had just gotten back together, you know what I'm saying? So it was probably anger on both sides from what from the past, you know what I'm saying? From what we saw and shit. From you hoeing around. No. <laughs> That's out, not true. Out in those streets. Just um, kidding. But, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Why is your face so red? Uh, but you know what I'm saying? Like, before, like, when we first got back together, like, when we would cuss each other out, like, it, it was pretty bad, you know? And, like, until we both sat down, we're like, that's enough. Like, no more. You know what I mean? Like, she, I remember she told me one time that I was so pissed, like, I, like I remember I was cussing her out like I was freaking mad and then she when we were better when we when we talked it out I remember she told me how 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 would you feel if you heard your lethal talking to your lethal like that oh man that was Damn, it that was it for in me. the heart you know what I'm saying like yeah after that like I was like I'm sorry like I did not mean to talk to her like that you know what I'm saying and that was it for me you know what I'm saying like there is I mean, I hope we'll get into an argument. I'll walk away and I'm like, but I mean, I won't say it to her face. You know what I'm saying? Or like, <laughs> just behind her back. You know, just, just like, kidding. or like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I won't call her, like, talk shit to her anymore like I used to. You know what I'm saying? Um, and she won't do it either. Well, I think, I think the, the thing that is, you know, important is that when you, are like disrespecting each other in different ways. And like people do this differently. The other thing that I um, started to realize is the couples or the people that you want to be like your, you want your relationship to be like are the people you should really surround yourself with. Yeah. Because when you, when you get around toxic couples, yeah, it starts to permeate into 
how you how you are like that energy is so toxic. And, you know, one of the things is like, um, if you have people that are constantly like they're not communicating their needs to their partner, or their partners communicating it, and they're not receiving it and making adjustments. Um, and then the partner comes back and is like, okay, I'm going to do something disrespectful to you. Yeah. Th- that's like, it's like, why are you in relationship with each other? Because it just seems like if you don't heal, that's what ends up happening. It's like people start to one up and they like <laughs> level up. No, that's how it was with us. Like I would disrespect her and then she would up one on me now. <laughs> Yeah. What do I got in my bag? But I mean, uh, that's why you guys grow together, you know, you learn from each other. And uh, that's one of the things that Susie always says, like, I love hanging out with Frank and Lydia. Like, I love hanging out with them because we learn so much from being around them. You know what I mean? Like, uh, Frank's already hitting 55 years old. You know what I'm saying? Sixty. Oh yeah, sixty. Sorry about that. Uh, but we and, and like I said, you guys have pretty much been through everything that we're going through now. You know what I'm saying? Like the whole, you know, family issues that you guys have. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know, coming around and feeling like you're not wanted. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think that's why I love when she talks to you about certain things. You know, like because you help her. And you remind her that everything's going to be okay. And same thing goes with Frank, with me. You know what I'm saying? Like, he'll he'll tell me, like, you know, everything's going to be okay. And I think right now with the whole issue that we're struggling with our families, me and him, like, I said it on the last podcast, like, we're there for each other. And I think we've helped each other become stronger. You know what I mean? Because in the beginning, I I went through this by myself, like, because you guys were still in San Jose. Like, I've been going through this bullshit forever. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm 39 years old and like, uh, you know, growing up was, I was, I always felt like the black sheep, you know what I'm saying? And it's been proven lately, you know what I'm saying? And that's okay because I'm, you know, those people that made me feel some type of way have only made me stronger. So thank you. I appreciate you guys. Well, you know, I think the, the hard thing is like when there is, um, you know, people are still like struggling with their own emotional stuff. It's like, then how do they have the skills to, you know, have a healthy relationship? And, you know, we are not perfect by any means. We still get on each other's nerves, but, um, you know, our conversations are different. You know, we apologize to each other. Um, And, you know, sometimes it's like, we kind of have to just, you know, respect how each other is, is feeling. I think one thing in our relationship that we've had to work on recently is just, you know, um, I think it's hard for him to not feel like, you know, like I kind of have had said, you know, I've tried really hard to have a relationship with your family. Um, and just no one has made, the effort or have been disrespectful um, to me. And I think that was always a huge conflict in our marriage because he felt scared to stand up um, for them and for me. And, and when I kind of was like, I'm, I'm literally going to peace out on this. Yeah. Like, and, and that was just for my own, like my own happiness, my own healing. Um, 
And I think that was, I think he was upset with that in the beginning and would take it out on me because he didn't have the relationship he wanted with them. He kind of, I know that he kind of probably blamed me for that because I wasn't like going to go along with the plan anymore. And, you know, I kind of just said, you can have whatever relationship you want. I'm just not going to be part of the equation anymore. Um, yeah. And so I think. We had to work through that, you know, like yeah. I literally had to call that out and say, like, I feel like you really resent me for not just ignoring all this stuff and just going along with like how you guys function. Cause it's not, it's not okay. Um, especially like you want to fuck with my kid. You're going to get the claws. Like I I'm, imagine. <laughs> I I'm like, imagine. I would have been behind bars by now. Like. You know, so just know that, you know, there's a lot of restraint that has been happening on my end. Um, and I think he had to like work through that a bit. Yeah. And so we had some tension, but we were able to talk through it and really, you know, help him. I think going to therapy really helped him identify like, this is, this is why you're feeling this way. And it's not because of your partner. It's because, of the actions of other people. Um, But we literally, our first year of marriage did almost get divorced because of all the shit that was happening with this family. And there's been like, sometimes (laughs) in the past, like when things have gotten bad recently, where I was literally like, I feel like this is the only way you'll ever have a good relationship with your family is if I'm not in the picture anymore. That sucks. But then we were like, fuck that, <laughs> you know, because we yeah. love each other. I We just kind of had to take the step like, listen, we got to work on this. We got to figure this out. This is our little family. We got to surround ourselves with people that we love and we care about and that do the same for us. Yeah. We have to just let go of this idea that society tells us like that our family has to look a certain way. Because there's so many folks out there who are like, like I, I can't be around my family because they're not willing to do and, healthy stuff. And you know, like, like you said, like 